0: good morning good afternoon and good evening and welcome in to episode 5 kayfabe council show where we review and critique news topics and segments in the world of professional wrestling my name is pretty tony and alongside me is tf joker joker what's the crack
1: the crack is as always pt 90 with uh,
0: the you know the temperature
1: closing in on that to be quite fair, this weekend, it's been a nice and warm weekend for us over here, where I have been uh, trying to battle against it with a really lackluster fan. What about yourself?
0: Yeah, especially in the middle of the week, I over here had a bunch of just really warm days up and in reaching into the 80s and to the 90s Fahrenheit with like tons of humidity um yeah and my and likewise my little fan was just not was was putting in work but it was it was helping a little bit but I wanted it to help more
1: yeah I I just I have this really crappy little plastic fan that I've had for going on a decade now I think it's it's probably not doing as much as it wants to be doing or rather I want it to be doing but um Every little helps, I suppose. My PC kicks out more cold air than uh than the fan did, but uh I need to get myself a bowl of ice or something for the coming days.
0: Yeah, some <laughs> behind that. Yeah, it's definitely uh lots of lots of uh, drinks with ice and uh potentially some frozen drinks uh per se. And uh yeah, definitely uh maybe some slushy or some ice cream. I don't know, but it's it's the time of year where it's starting to get a little bit warm but uh we'll see mm-hmm. we'll see how the uh the upcoming summer season treats us.
1: Yeah, just half a pint of uh half a pint of ice is uh is about what my recommendation is cuz then the ice will stay there for a couple of drinks.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh man, quite the quite the interesting week in uh, wrestling. A lot more happened outside of the shows and the ring than did happen inside.
1: Yeah, I was going to say there's a lot more information to be determined outside of the ring this week than uh, really genuinely interesting stories and stuff that happened inside the confines of uh, wrestling TV.
0: Yeah, so sometimes when uh, art imitates life or life imitates art, it can uh, go into one or the other and influence uh, the latter or the former, for that matter. But yeah, it was... a uh, Man, some of these weeks when it's just like... We get bombarded, uh, and no disrespect, but the uh, MJF shooting on uh, Tony Khan and AEW feels like a lifetime ago.
1: It really does. We were we were complaining a few weeks ago. It's like there's so much to talk about. We need to like we need to pick what we have to do. We don't want to, need to talk about everything, so we have a super long show. And then you know, this week we're like, what do we do? What do we do? Like, what is there? somebody help what I do with my hands? Um, So yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of those weeks where we're gonna have to wait for an awful lot of things to air out, um, and come to completion whenever the information is involved, and uh, see what happens, so that we can have actual discourse about it, not just hearsay and conjecture.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, like Joker mentioned, there's a lot of stories that came out this past week where, uh, tons of speculation, not much information really, you know, uh, we can, we could potentially have a three hour long conversation with like, here's, here's the two or three things we know for sure. And then just, you know, two and a half, (laughs) two and a half hours of just speculation. So rather than kind of, to things we kind of don't know or kind of uh are just maybe you know confused or we're going to make things up but rather talk about things that we can definitely know and sort of speak a little bit more confidently to
1: yeah so to those who are new to the channel this is like we, we are having a co- casual conversation between pt and i about uh things but yes it is structured we do have points we want to talk about uh but it is genuinely a casual conversation between Two buds who want to talk about the wrestling. But yesterday, when we got together to talk about the show, talk about what's going on, talk about what we should do. We spent about an hour just arguing about does this even make the cut? Does this does this make the cut? Does you know we 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 talk about absolute random nonsense? Um if it's gonna make the cut and stuff, and uh then we'll eventually settle on stuff. Uh but yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely something that we have been blessed with in past weeks and cursed with this week.
0: Yeah, so if uh, this topic's obviously if based on the title of the, uh, of the show as well as a thumbnail, if you're watching it on YouTube, you'll see uh, what we're discussing. But yeah, again, it's one that I'd rather not spend potentially more than an hour just talking speculative and when we just don't know kind of what's going on with certain stories that came out this week. Mm-hmm. all right well like always we appreciate everybody giving us a chance and thank you guys for so much for giving us a listen and giving us a watch um before we kick into the show proper um we here at kfab council we're saddened to hear the passing of dave hebner 73 former promoter road agent and referee known first time in wwe and impact wrestling our thoughts are with his family and friends at this time All right. As a reminder, you can find us in on video form at youtubecom council and in an audio form wherever you get your podcasts from. On this week's episode, we look at a deep dive into AEW's build to Forbidden Door. So, coming up first, AEW building to, toward Forbidden Door. I figured we'd Start with the uh, the kind of bigger topic that's sort of been going on this past week. Of uh, we have a little bit clearer picture in terms of the interim AEW World Heavyweight Championship now that we see John Moxley will now face Hiroshi Tanahashi at Forbidden Door for the interim AEW World Championship.
1: Yeah, I have uh, I have a couple of love hit things about this particular match. Um I love the fact that it's gonna happen. I hate the fact that it uh took us around the houses. You could have had uh just this match announced because that's the way it looked like it was gonna go. Let's face it, it's it was supposed to be CM Punk versus roshi tanahashi that was what we were supposed to expect i don't think anyone out there was you know going to be upset by that match but that is what we thought was going to happen and then uh according to the memes cm punk went down with a stub toe uh of course you know a foot to a wrestler is their life bud. you can't you know you can't do an awful lot of things without your foot so stubbing a toe serious business Standing on a Lego, also pretty pretty dang uh, critical. So, best wishes to the stub toe of CM Punk. Um, but whenever we find out then that Moxley was the the somehow, I don't know really the the overall ins and outs of the AEW ladder system. But uh, Moxley was the number one contender. He was the the guy um, in my mind. It was. Then Mox versus Tanahashi for this interim interim title because we already knew that it was going to be CM Punk versus Tanahashi, but no, we had to have this whole battle royale, Then we had to have Kyle Riley versus Moxley. Then we had to have Tanahashi go through a couple of ma- was it a couple of matches, or just one match.
0: He at Dominion he defeated Hiroki Goto to yep, that was advance it. So he, he to had face John.
1: Yeah, so he had his match to face John Moxley. Not gonna lie, kinda knew it was gonna end up Mox versus Tanahashi, like an awful lot of people did. Um, was it a good build? Yeah, a middle of the road for me. Um, an awful lot of it was uh probably expected. There was nothing too surprising uh for this for me. Um But it's Mox versus Tanahashi, so it's a John Moxley match. What can you do but go, ooh, I wonder how brutal it's going to be?
0: Yeah, so we definitely have set up that match. Again, as a a small recap, um, CM Punk going down with an injury interim title. So they had a battle royale with cheese on uh, two weeks ago. Dynamite, Uh, Kyle Kyle O'Reilly won that to face... John Moxley and the main event of said Dynamite, and John Moxley won. That was the AEW side. And then uh, at Dominion, Tanahashi prevailed over Hiroki Goto. So then set up the Moxley Tanahashi uh, match again for the a- interim AEW World Heavyweight title. So on this past week's episode of Dynamite, both men showed up uh, and did a face to face, did a bit of a town hall. So both men make their way to the ring and go face to face and an holy S chant breaks out in the crowd. Uh, Moxley says he's been chasing Tanahashi for a long time and finally he's been here uh, in all his glory. John says that he's chased him across Japan, across the Pacific, everything and he has done in New Japan has been about him. Moxley says that there's only one man people call Ace, but not for long. Moxie says Tanahashi deserves the respect, but right now he is the best wrestler on the planet. Lots of people are pretending, but he lives it. And then Mox uh, says there is more more on the line than the AEW world title, as everything is on the line for him, and he has worked for three years to become. So we get John uh, providing a little bit of insight, again, as to the history of uh, the proposed match between tanahashi and moxley again after his departure from wwe in 2019 uh, mox uh, joined uh, aw but then also new japan as well uh, had a couple runs with the iwgp uh, united states championship uh, due to uh, some ex- ex- extenuating circumstances a uh, uh some inclement weather uh I think it was a typhoon. It's nice t- to
1: call a typhoon, yeah. I was
0: trying to recall if it was a typhoon or a hurricane but it was a typhoon, thank you. Yeah. Typhoon uh interrupted travel to uh Japan. Uh and then obviously the ongoing uh ongoing, excuse me. Ongoing global pandemic also affected travel and uh and things for for that. So uh he ended up kind of missing missing sort of each other. On the on the build to a match that he's kind of been looking for for pretty much two years, so now they finally got face to face. So, what was your impressions of the uh, of the promo and the bill and, and that section?
1: So, uh, I have I have this uh, infatuation with anime, and one in particular, Q. Uh, it's a volleyball anime, and in that they talk about the yes. Like, they have these characters who are referred to as the Aces. So whenever you have this Ace, they are like the, the pillar for your uh, for your sort of team and for your sort of thing. So whenever Mox is referring to ha- Tanahashi as the Ace, and obviously he is the Ace of New Japan, it just kind of hammered home to me that this is not something that we see in a Western culture of an ace we don't refer to anyone uh like that for at least for me personally like we have really good players but sometimes in football soccer over here um uh well it's football over here but it's soccer for the american folk uh you have like a team of a team of superstars like you don't have an ace because you have several um so to kind of think of anybody like that was was actually kind of really cool because i'm not a big njpw fan i don't really watch not a lot an awful lot of uh njpw wrestling um and tanahashi was very low on my radar like an awful lot of individuals from njpw were Uh, but obviously i'm kind of infatuated with this idea of the ace because you have uh this guy who's the pillar of njpw like, I really want to see what he can do, and if an awful lot of people have this reverence, this respect for him to call him the ace, that's not just some somebody going, oh, you're the champ. You don't have to be the champ to be called the ace, like, he is a big deal, and I want to see that. So to have another guy who can be sort of construed as an ace in John Moxley, uh the ace of AEW, uh, the ace of western wrestling. Uh, I probably argue you've got Kenny Omega in there as well. And uh Roman Reigns. If you uh want to include everybody. Um but I, I really want to see this match. I never really like I was I was ragging on the build but I really want to see this this match and it was all because of the presentation that marks gave in this uh in this uh promo because he 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 looked at tanahashi and he was like I'm gonna make you I'm gonna make you call me ace and I was just like I like that I, I like that presentation that build that verbiage used um to refer to the to refer to tanahashi and then to refer to himself
0: yeah, I think you made an excellent point there. Um, in terms of maybe it's lost on us, sort of in North American sports uh, or kind of culture like that, and the, the idea of an ace. Again, it's you don't necessarily have to be uh, the champion. Um, you know, up until Dominion, uh, the world champion was uh, was Okada, and now it's a Switchblade Jay White. But again, when you think about the notion of the ace, it's the it's the person that if you think of a club, you think of a team, you think of a company you know, sort of who's like the point person, who's kind of the first or the the really the first identifiable figure um, for a lot of folks um, can, you know, and then you think of that person as the ace, right? So with Tanahashi, I mean, since him being a young boy uh, in the early 2000s up until now, I mean, I I don't even have to list off the, the number of accolades that he's gotten, but to uh, so needless to say that he is basically won pretty much everything there is to of won in New Japan, as well as having stellar matches. And you know, before before New Japan's uh, a little bit more prominent rise in the Western sector uh, towards uh, late twenty seventeen to twenty eighteen. You know, even before that, in the in the mid two thousands to early uh, uh, early twenty tens. Uh Hiroshi tanahashi definitely helped carry um new Japan through kind of some some low times um for sure and he was always sort of the constant um for there so like the the notion of ace again uh he was he was world champion he was uh you know intercontinental champion he's been the united states champion, never open weight you know tag champion again all these different accolades um he's the guy that you can send, uh, to represent, uh, your company. You know, if you want to have a radio interview, if you want to have a television interview, if you want to have a news article written or something like that, he can be your go-to guy. Hence the term ACE. Um, I do, yeah, I do feel like there are guys, you know, you mentioned, uh, John Moxley for AEW can definitely, you know, there can be uh an argument for uh, ACE. Kind of, you can you can call Kenny for sure. Uh, other folks would also argue with Ace. I do I do make a notion of the description that I provided for Ace. Um, you know, Rome, Roman and Charlotte for the WWE can definitely be construed as Ace. Like again, they they don't have to be champion, but they can be like, all right, I you know me in. Higher up, I want them to represent. I want them to do an interview. I want them to think because you know that they're going to represent you well and and be kind of the point person for you. So
1: yeah, using using your your definition there, um, I would actually personally put Seth there for the WWE. Good Seth call. Uh, freaking Rollins because you know we've talked about him before. Uh, that man can lose matches uh, and he still remains Seth freaking Rollins like. He is one of those guys that you will send out uh to, to do all that. And he is such a big deal, he has this really good presentation, he has this aura about him, and he is he is really good. Um there are other individuals that you would do those same things for, but more in a spokesperson-y kind of way. Um the new day comes to mind for that sort of thing, and most uh most notably with them and being the tag champs and stuff, they're great spokespeople. Um, but yeah, in terms of, in terms of champ, uh, in terms of ace status, I would definitely include Seth, uh, Seth Rollins there. Uh, but like, yeah, going, going kind of back to the whole point, it is not really a, um, a term used uh, over here, uh, or as you've said, in America as well, um, to refer to anybody. Uh, because we always, in wrestling, think of, that's the guy. Or that's the girl. Like that is the woman, the, the champ. They are the champ. Uh, you know, we don't call them the ace, because eventually they're going to lose, and then we don't care about them anymore. Um, so for me, because of because of watching uh, the anime, like I'd said, you know, I would got this I was, it was really romanticized version of uh, of what this word meant, and I, I really liked it because there was a lot of um, I, I suppose you could say. Uh there was a lot of um, just strangeness as to why they were kind of calling this person that uh and then you kind of built up the characters and you saw what it meant to be an ace uh and the awe that people had for an ace and tanahashi uh now has to live up to that idea that ideal for me personally all because of um the promo that uh that moxley cut on him uh saying that he wants to be called this. he's chased him he's he's going to do this thing he's gonna beat him and he's gonna be the interim champ
0: yeah uh likewise you mentioned earlier you know you didn't have a huge amount of new japan knowledge and and just due to availability or and and stuff i'd
1: say i still don't really
0: that's fair but uh, John in the, the promo, the town hall, he did a really good job again, giving a little insight. Hey, I've been chasing you, you know. We haven't had that match. You're the ace, uh, you know. You're gonna call me ace, you know, type of thing. I think he did a really good job of informing some of the laxed fans uh, who may not be familiar either with Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, their those two guys' uh, history, or just New Japan in general or just reiterating or reminding folks who were familiar. So I think uh, John did a bang-up job with that.
1: Well, it was very good.
0: Uh, but regardless, again, these guys are, have a little bit different styles, but hot dang, are these guys gonna have a really, really fun match. So I'm, it's definitely one I'm looking forward to for sure.
1: Oh, definitely excited. Um, obviously the last time we uh, we sort of looked at, a, at a, an AEW title match, um it was CM Punk versus Adam Page and uh that was that was a banger of a match and these are two completely different guys uh fighting over this title. Um like obviously I don't know too much about Tanahashi and his style, but I know Moxley's style. Um he is going to he's gonna bring that sort of brutality that uh that um, ground pound, that uh, submission style, that uh, just pound you into the ground. Um, so I can, I can safely say that this is going to be a really good match.
0: Agreed for sure. The contrast of styles absolutely will make for a tremendous match. And if you're excited for the match, definitely let us know as well. All right, as we switch gears to the uh, All-Atlantic Pacific Arctic Irish Sea Championship for AEW. Uh this will of course had to had to pop my boy uh Joker over here. So. Um this will be a four-way match at uh Forbidden Door as we saw PAC qualify by beating Buddy Matthews. We saw Miro uh qualify for beating Ethan Page. So that's two of the four slots. We have now uh, the next match will be Malachi Black versus Penta Oscuro for the third slot, and a new Japan entry, which I believe at the time of writing is potentially slated to be uh, a match between Clark Connors and Tomohiro Ishii. So, uh, Joker in terms of the uh, the All Waters Championship match um what uh what have you been what have you been feeling what have you been vibing
1: yeah the old waters title the uh i i don't know i feel like i this is one of those titles that i can change the name of it and i definitely did like the irish sea being mentioned (laughs) there um you know we could add in the the irish sea the indian ocean the the dead sea you know the english channel championship whatever you want to call it um and, and just for those of you who are uh completely oblivious as to why we might be ragging on this title uh it is called the all atlantic uh championship but there's a picture of there's japanese flag and a chinese flag on the title it was in the atlantic ocean so it's ambiguous apparently um so this tournament to me, I like tournaments, I definitely do like tournaments. I think that AEW do a grand job of doing tournaments, they do them a lot. Um, I feel like it might be a bit of a crutch for them, uh, but I definitely do like the fact that all of the entrants in this are international, none of them are uh, American. Uh, you can somewhat make a an argument for uh, Ethan Page being in there as a North American, as a Canadian. Um, But still, international, you've got, I absolutely love Pac, you know, Pac is from the UK, he is an absolutely amazing, uh, amazing individual, Uh, had a stonker of a match against uh, Buddy Matthews and um, always will, like, I I don't know, I don't know what else to say about that, but uh, Miro versus Ethan Page was... Disappointing by, by comparison, but mainly because we have to show big old Miro doing big old Miro things. Um, I do like Ethan Page though; he's he's uh, he's definitely one of my favorite guys because uh, he's just a he's just a cocky heel. He's just a cocky heel, and I love him. Um, this uh, th- this build though. Has kind of been marred by some contractual issues, which kind of leads us to believe we know who at least one more individual is going to be in this. Even though it's TBD on two fronts, um, we kind of know or hope to know. We presume, I presume. I'm not going to put words in PT's mouth. I presume that Malik High Black is going to go through um, because of uh, reported issues through the week with CMLL. Uh, preventing individuals from uh, gaining entry through the Forbidden Door. Um, So this international match is going to have a lot of guys who are really good, and again, not a big NJPW fan, so I'm not sure Uh, I've heard of Tomohiro Ishii. I haven't. Who was the other individual?
0: Uh, Clark Connors.
1: Never heard of Clark Connors. Um, So I've no idea. I can only assume. Because I have heard of people making a big deal of Tomohiro Ishii that he might be the one to go through. And so we'll have this four-way match between uh Miro Pak, which by the way is interesting as well. Uh but I'll come to that. Miro Pak, uh Malachi Black and Ishii, uh, for this for this brand new title. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty interesting. But um I don't, I don't know if you remember from a few years ago, Miro faced Pac in the Fed, and uh, Miro suffered a little bit of an injury there, and then on his Twitch channel, I believe it was, um, he re- he said that he would straight up refuse to wrestle with Pac ever again.
0: Yeah, so uh, a lot of going on, and that's that's a really good point. So I do I do like the notion of of Miro as well as Pac being in this match. Um, for sure. I think uh, a little bit of the history as well um, and sort of the grandeur of it um, to the point you were making earlier, the this uh, as it's being called the Atlantic, uh, all Atlantic title. I I've, I've get notions or like vibes like they kind of want this to be a, you know, a little bit of a feel of, a, of uh, if you're going to make a comparison to the Fed, the Intercontinental Championship where, you know, you kind of have a little bit of a, a, you know, obviously it's not going to be the world title. Um, but maybe this could be like their secondary title, you know, where it has, uh, maybe a little bit more prominence on the non North American or at least non American folks where you give a little bit of a spotlight or you shine that spotlight on international folks. Um, like, again, so I, I have that sort of inclination to it. Um, but yeah, you hit the nail on the head before like the Pac versus buddy Matthews match dude. absolute Like banger. And these guys, these guys, when they put them together and and kind of whatever configuration, singles match, tag match, uh, trios, like they will just, man, uh, be an e- exciting, yeah, for real. They'll just have an exciting ass match. And then, and to your point, to your other point about uh, Miro versus Ethan Page, again, it was it was a different style of match. Um, the, <laughs> with Ethan Page WCWing Miro. Mm-hmm. In it <laughs> with uh it was kinda of too like it was an interesting dynamic cause it was kind of he like two, two yeah. It was kinda of like two heels in it, yeah, sort of.
1: It was you had you had your overbearing aggro hail in Miro, who was just gonna bear down and want to destroy you, and then you had your cocky hail uh who was gonna try and get away from you in Ethan Page and he he did what he had to do and he, he got done what he got done. <laughs>
0: yeah agreed so it was uh it was definitely an interesting uh notion but yeah i feel like for sure uh miro was kind of the a uh, little bit safer and kind of better bet in terms of a dynamic for the upcoming match um i i do wholeheartedly agree that malachi black will win on two fronts specifically because Pac is already in the match so his matchup with malachi black versus penta oscuro it would make sense to malachi black again because you're going to have one representative from death triangle and one representative from the house of black. It'd be weird if two, uh, house, uh, excuse me, death triangle guys were in there. So, uh, but it makes sense from storytelling for Malachi black there. And then also the, the murmuring unfortunately of, uh, CML CMLL potentially stopping any, um, uh, AAA, uh, contracted guys from, working with new Japan as CMM CMLL has a uh, working agreement with new Japan. So again, which is why Joker and I both think Malachi black's going to go for it. And yeah, I think um, if, uh, if it is indeed true, Tomohiro Ishii hot dang. So you, you can be in the, the fourth person. So you can have kind of two uh, as Biggie again would say two big beefy boys, slap and meet, and Miro and oh, Ishii also having the ad sort of agile, Pac and potentially Malachi Black so I've, either way I think that's going to be just a really really fun matchup and showcase uh for uh for Forbidden Door
1: yeah um field four ways the four-way matches kind of get a bit crazy uh often ends up with uh you know you got your uh two 1v1s and then you have a possible 2v1 after one person is laid out and then you have you know the return and then you have getting rid of one of the hails and you you know you start trying to mount the comeback and then you have the inevitable uh swapping of the 1v1s and um it's it's pretty easy to see the, the sort of way that the match goes um but it's when whenever you have people like Park and miro and malachi black three people who I know uh their styles um like those those three individuals can put on a match, and I will love to watch it. Um, so adding in Ishii, uh, somebody else who is highly rated uh, by pretty much everybody, you know. Again, a J.P.W. complete novice. Uh, so having this having this big name in here uh, kind of only adds to the grandeur of this match, and. Yeah, this 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 could be a contender for match of the night
0: I was you, you, it's like you were inside my brain. This definitely could be a contender uh, like you said for match of the night, too um, Yeah, just like either, we know to to the combatants We have an inclination about at least the third or maybe the fourth but either way uh, if it turns out to be sort of that uh, Makeup of that match. Yeah, super just hot dang. That's gonna be that's just gonna be a banger for sure
1: Mm, definitely
0: all right moving on to the next one we have uh thunder rosa turns out is going to face tony storm so we saw on this past week's episode of dynamite uh tony storm had a matchup with Britt baker which she won uh moving and i think uh tony storm is ranked fourth and brit baker is ranked second uh either way Uh, But that moves now uh, Tony Storm into the titleship contenders match uh, for the title at Forbidden Door. I have to say, uh, real quick before I throw it over to you, um, I know I made inclinations to, and this is taking nothing away from Britt Baker, but a little bit of Britt being Tony Khan's Charlotte in sort of semi-chosen one and kind of being uh, a high... High player or high ranked player in the women's division, but this is uh, Brit's second straight loss. Uh, she, obviously, she won at Double or Nothing, the Owen, and then lost in a tag match uh, to Ruby and Tony, and then lost to uh, Tony in a singles match here. Which again, I feel like those wins mean more to the other ladies in elevating them than they do to hurt Brit. But uh, I do, I do like the notion of of building up and and making the other the other female superstars in the division uh, feel more important and giving them a shot. But yeah, it's uh, I and I like I said, I do like that they are representing the women's world championship at the upcoming pay per view.
1: Yeah, uh, you need look no further for our opinions on the state of the AEW women's division than last week's video. We legitimately had a conversation about what they need to do, um, what they should do, what we would like to see, what, you know, what needs to change um, in the world of wrestling. Um, And We mostly had that conversation because of Thunder Rosa, uh, and my opinion on the fact that she has been disgruntled recently with the way she has been used. Um... And has been sort of portrayed and, and the storyline she's gotten into and how her title defenses really are. Uh a first run for her has been very welcome to see because she took it off Britt Baker, uh, the aforementioned Charlotte Flair of AW, and has seemingly just kind of got stuck, uh, not really doing very much. Um so I am really for this match i really do want to see this match and i want to see a nice competitive one and i feel like from her run in wwe i'd mentioned the, this to you i don't know if you remember long ago i'm not a big tony storm fan uh, i i wasn't a fan of her look of her of her style i just i didn't really care about tony storm um but that is mostly being her presentation in wwe Uh, her AEW presentation, unfortunately, hasn't been much better. And the reason for that is because they don't know how to book the women's division. Um, This is mostly, and this is just my opinion, this is mostly being built up by fans uh, who are big fans of Thunder Rosa, big fans of Tony Storm, and want to see the best for the women's division. Now, I do not I do not uh, want to argue that point. I want these women to have a much better uh, sort of story uh, going through their feud and the rivalry and and bring that into the match and I'm sure they will put on a banger. like I'm not questioning their skill. It has all been about their presentation. I do not think that these uh, these women are incapable of doing a really good match. I just feel like the presentation has
0: been a little bit um, sort luster. of
1: lackluster. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement. Uh, obviously, both ladies are really good workers uh, for sure in their in their different style. Uh, Thunder, obviously, with a little bit more of the uh, the speed based and and uh, puts a little bit of the uh, the lucha style in it. Not too, not not to say that she's a luchadora, but you know she'll put some put some move in there. Obviously, Tony's background. In uh, in stardom and working in Japan as well has a bit of that style. You know, you've seen it in the match with Britt Baker with the hip attack and kind of that sort of slightly more aggressive uh, fighting style. Uh, but yeah, again, we're taking nothing away from either one of these uh, women here. It's going to be just a, a heck of a match again. And I do like uh, the notion of, again, with it being an AEW and a New Japan uh, co-branding show, New Japan does not have a women's division. So every once in a while on uh, one of their big shows like the January 4 show or uh, New Year's Dash or Dantaku or Dominion, um, they might have uh, a stardom match, which is, uh, for those that aren't aware, a larger uh, promotion in Japan for women's wrestling. So they might have, uh, they might have some stars come in for that to, uh, to work a match on a new Japan show. But I think it also gives, um, fans, uh, new Japan fans that may be watching a look at some more, uh, kind of Western uh, female stars as well that they may or may not be familiar with. So uh, either way again, I mentioned when I opened the segment that I really do like that. They are spotlighting in the world the uh, Women's World Championship here uh, two tremendous athletes here uh, should be banger and I think it's uh, and I think it's good for uh, I think it's good for everybody uh, in here to uh, to see this match
1: Mm-hmm. I 100% agree like I, I can't I can't agree more because For all my negative first points. I have nothing but praise for this match Uh, the fact that it's happening because like i said go back to last week hear what i had to say about the the women's division the tbs title seems like it's the big deal but you want to promote your champion you want to be promoting Thunder rosa and to be putting this uh this individual in a match with someone like tony storm who has come through with such fanfare an absolutely well-loved individual outside of the ring from previous uh from previous reigns in uh from sorry from previous stints in the likes of WWE the likes of you said stardom uh you know these these other promotions have built up her fan base and now these individuals get to showcase their absolute talent on uh, on a big stage for an audience that like you said that might not normally see women's wrestling because of the aforementioned NJPW not having the women's division. Um, another addition to that is obviously the news coming out that uh, Thunder Rosa could be on her way to uh, face people in Joshi Pro as well. Um, and again, I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of uh, Japanese wrestling mainly because it's harder for me to get. Or it has been until you know I was able to find other uh, other avenues to to get to that sort of thing. Like an awful lot of people, you know, please do not hate or you know consider me any less of a fan because oh I can't watch I can't watch any Japanese wrestling. Um, and don't get me wrong, I know you're out right there, but uh, you know I love I love the absolute insanity of of some of these personalities that come through from these wrestlers as well because um uh th- there's there's uh uh maki ito mm. is just a an absolute delight and Kyrie seeing like oh i i miss seeing Kyrie seeing i really do uh, and the fact that you know those two individuals exist, um, uh, it just brings so much joy, uh, to me whenever I get to see. So, Thunder Rosa going over there, being an ambassador for AW, being ambassador for AW Women's Wrestling, um, and her getting this, uh, this sort of run over with the females over at Joshi Pro, um, the that, that area of, of wrestling as well can only do. Only, only can only do great things because um AEW need to step their game up with doing it at home
0: yeah i'm i'm, I'm in agreement as well uh that'll be a fantastic piece again for uh i think it's it's something that said joker didn't have uh too much availability to see japanese wrestling um especially like uh being in the uk for himself um i you know, myself, I'm a, I'm a little bit more familiar, but I'm not hugely a ton. I do enjoy Japanese wrestling again, but it wasn't, I don't have a ton of availability in terms of the avenues or the, the accessibility in terms of being able to do it. So when I can watch it, I definitely enjoy it. But yeah, um, to that point, I think uh, it'll be a phenomenal piece for uh, Rosa to again uh, be the ambassador. Like you said, I think that was an absolutely wonderful uh, word to use. Uh, expose some more of the, uh, Japanese audiences to, uh, some more of a a little bit of a Western style again, because although there are gaijin, uh, which are foreign talent in Japan, um, it's a a little bit more of an attraction uh, per se, especially when it comes to women's wrestling, uh, for, for the likes of stardom and like Joshi pro, for example, um, Ton of homegrown stars in both promotions, but yeah, like you, they might come over for a tour. They might come there, but you don't kind of see them, uh, you know, for super long periods of time. Again, there are exceptions, uh, always. Yeah, I think it'll be tremendous, uh, for that. And I think, yeah, I think it's a good opportunity for, for both sides, um, for, for Thunder to Thunder, excuse me, to get, um, to kind of get a little bit of that vibe and kind of get a bit of that style, not to say it's, it's an excursion, but yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be good for everybody in there, and the Rose and Storm match would be uh, another banger for sure.
1: It definitely is going to be setting up that way anyway.
0: All right, on to the, the next piece here. We have Will Ospreay defending his IWGP United States Championship against Orange Cassidy. So the build here was uh, two weeks ago we had Osprey. And uh, the United Empire show up and take out, uh, interrupt the match between FTR and uh, Roppongi Vice, and they had a six-man, excuse me, a trios on on, uh, Rampage. Rampage. Thank you. Uh, And then we had a singles match where Osprey, uh, really strong back and forth, but Osprey prevailed over uh, Dax Harwood. And we ended up having a post-match beatdown with the United Empire kind of coming out and... uh, just kind of going to town on, uh, on Dax there. And then we had uh, who comes in for the save, but the uh, Cash Wheeler and Rapungi Vice, and of course the returning Orange Cassidy. So we see, uh, at, for those that aren't aware, obviously uh, United Empire being a uh, newer, larger stable in New Japan, but then also with Rapungi Vice, uh, most notably... Trent and Rocky Romero and Orange Cassidy being members of chaos, another uh, new Japan stable uh, coming for the save, so it kind of deepens that root for that so uh how are you how are you feeling about this match and or the build
1: um so this this is one of those that I've sort of looked at what's going on and been interested so I've Done a little more digging, uh, into the individuals involved specifically, you know, the empire. Um, now Will Ospreay is one of those one of those names like uh, Jack Saber Junior. Jack Saber Junior. Am I getting that right? Zach. Um.
0: Zach, Zach with Saber a Z. Jr. Sorry, yeah, a I Z.
1: apologies, no apologies. Yeah. Um, so Zack Sabre Jr is like another one of those names that, you know, you kind of hear. It's like, "Oh, these guys are really good. They're they're over an NJPW. They're absolutely crushing it." Um, and I do remember the Zack Sabre Jr uh, promo from uh, last week uh which was equally very funny. Um, but so I I, I did keep an eye on United Empire and uh, Will Osprey and um, Dang, I'm just impressed. Like I don't think there's anything that I can say like I hate about this presentation. I love the presentation, you know, with them coming out with uh, Osprey's music. By the way, Zenith to God or whatever it is, or, or um, is an absolute banger. I love it and uh them coming out with the flag him coming out with like this big this big coat over him and he has like a bear on his shoulder like a the bear's head or a lion's head or something and I'm just like his presentation is amazing um his promos have just been impassioned and the the most recent whenever he won the IWGP US title because I did watch that match and it was very very good um he left without the title belt and mainly because obviously juice robinson having been the holder uh has had to vacate it they haven't got the belt for him so he was pissed uh and i just thought that him bringing that up and him he's just so uh he he is this new faction leader akin to bullet club who is opposed to bullet club um and just has this sort of aura about him that I can't help but look away and go, dude. Like I need to see more of this guy, and I need to see you know what the hell is going on. Um, and Grado Khan and Jeff Cobb. Uh, Jeff Cobb. I think he was better to say Jonah, but somebody else. Um, Jeff Cobb has they've just both won me over. Greater. Rado Khan having had some marvelous Twitter escapades over the f- the past few weeks, um, and uh, Jeff Cobb just being an absolute monster of a man. Uh, I love my power game, I love the suplexes, I love the submissions, I love the big strikes. Uh, I have a special place in my heart for the spots, uh, and I have a special place in my heart for all the aerial moves and the quick the quick stuff, but... Whenever I see somebody like Jeff Cobb, I'm reminded of what you said about uh, Big E and the the, the big man <laughs> slapping meat. Like he's just one of those guys that, oh yeah, it's, it's going to be rough. So whenever they came in and ruined that rapongi Vice FTR match, I was like, oh, who the heck are these guys? And went off, did a little bit of uh, did a little bit of reading, did a little bit of watch, and had a look at them, and. Um, I'm really interested in this match, but more so because of Osprey than Cassidy.
0: Yeah. Um, it's just me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned for sure, like for folks that aren't familiar with Osprey's kind of build, um, being a, uh, a junior heavyweight, uh, which is not to say that it's not the main event, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, uh, another division within new Japan pro wrestling. Uh, but he's come up the ranks. Um, you might have seen some uh, Twitter GIFs or just kind of short videos uh, shared around of earlier matches between he and Ricochet that are just doing some like kind of aerial, aerial uh, wonderment. You know, in terms of kind of the abilities and uh, the skill that these guys can do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's been yeah, numerous time junior heavyweight championship uh, for the I.W.G.P. in New Japan, uh, and then rose to the the heavyweight rank and got promoted in a sense that's kind of how sort of they kind of dub it and ended up being uh iwgp world heavyweight champion uh but had to bow out due to a neck injury so uh now he's come back obviously he's uh the united uh british heavyweight champion in uh rev pro um he's now the uh, iwgp united states champion again there's some uh, controversy because the previous holder, Juice Robinson, has yet to surrender the belt after uh, New Japan has vacated uh, his reign, though. So, again, he doesn't have the possession of the physical belt, that notwithstanding. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, for folks that aren't familiar, um, kind of a big dude. Uh, kind of a big deal. And, you um, again, you mentioned that uh, Bullet Club uh, forming in the mid-2010s, uh, 2013. You know, this the The notion of the United Empire has sort of been the slowly taking over or rivaling a uh, a group of gaijin or a, f- a foreign talent um, you know it's almost kind of not to say that they you you usurped the bullet club, but again they're they're being pretty formidable in terms of huge factions uh in New Japan, so they've uh been around a little bit, but they've also like they've grown kind of in prominence rather in a short amount of time more recently. But again, I think the, uh, to have Osprey now being on a, on a showcase for the North American or the Western audiences on this, uh, pay-per-view and against Cassidy, again, uh, completely different style, and, uh, you know, another member of chaos, uh, again, a different faction in New Japan. I think, yeah, this is definitely going to be, you can't sleep on Cassidy because his, his whole gimmick of kind of being the, the kind of cool hand Luke, but like when he turns it on, he can turn it on for sure. Um, the dude, the dude can go for sure. But yeah, I think it's going to be, folks are definitely going to be sort of, uh, looking at Osprey and kind of being the sort of person at least at a, at a peripheral glance, will be the, the, the guy that you're looking at uh, in this match.
1: Yeah, um, definitely. The, the trios match that introduced him uh, to AW on Rampage, being his debut in AW, and he lost that match, then to go on and fly straight back to Japan, win the IWGP, and come straight back, then he has uh, one-on-one with Dax the Axe, and, you know, we've seen some amazing matches out of Dax, um, obviously in the tag team uh, title scene, but more recently uh, for his singles run during uh, the Bret Hart, uh, not the Bret Hart, the Owen Hart Cup, rather. Um, uh, Just names are out the wazoo today for me today, apparently. Um, And... You know he he had a really good showing. Uh, he's big. He's a he's a big guy that can really go, and he's a, an absolute heavy hitter. And I love the match with him and Osprey. Uh, so you just kind of sat there going, well, obviously it wasn't Osprey that ate the pin during his loss, but it's still recorded as his loss. Um, and then just to get this this pin over over Dax in the singles. Uh, and whenever Orange Cassidy returned, you saw Osprey's face. He was just like,
0: "Like who's this guy?" Okay? Yeah, so, yeah.
1: Like he's he's running in to make the save, but it's Orange Cassidy. He's like, "Listening to his music, I was just bopping along." It's like, "Oh yeah," and you just come back to Osprey's face going, "My guy." By the time you get here, I know you're the king of sloth style, but like <laughs> by the time you get here, we are gonna be gone. Um, and that was exactly the way it was. Obviously, everybody else having made the save. Um, and while they were fighting, I did love to see uh Osprey in the corner just kind of looking at everybody going, What is going on, boys? They just won a match. Um, to your earlier point during the All-Atlantic match with the uh Pentoscuro reasoning for why we think that there is not going to be him winning in that match. Uh, we have heard Recently, that this match was supposed to be Will Ospreay versus um, uh,
0: Andrade, versus Andrade.
1: Right? Yeah, 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 versus Andrade. Yeah. Um, for the same reason, CMLL have sort of removed him from this high-profile match, and I can't help feel like I don't want to take anything away from Orange Cassidy because we've seen we've seen Orange Cassidy do amazing things, and I'm happy to see him back after his injury. Uh, has taken him out but um i can't help but feel like i really wanted to see andrade versus osprey and i don't know if i want to say the word i feel cheated um or i don't know if i don't even know if that's the best word to use what do you think
0: yeah the potent the potential to have had osprey and andrade and uh you know it, go- it goes back to um Andrade being los sombra in uh, working for New Japan before, um, I think, yeah, either way, in either guys, it would have been a phenomenal match, but uh, the potential and it still could happen down the road, mm-hmm. but I think yeah, I think again, because I, I I feel like because of cassidy's and Andrade's different styles um you could potentially expect a slightly different match or slightly just a different match in general. But yeah, I think either way, um, once we kind of get a little bit of the Gaga out of the way for Cassidy and then when they go into the sequences, when they're both ready to, to work and kind of show, show out. Um, yeah, this will just, it's kind of be a fun match regardless. So.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely an orange Cassidy sort of slow build. who's going to, mess around with Osprey for a while, Osprey's gonna get him. He's gonna start engaging in the uh in high speed antics and it's gonna be really good. Um and hopefully like you said, it is one for down the line. Uh and this 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 match has been or this build for this match has been the real catalyst for me to be like, okay, well I kinda wanna pay more attention to NJPW because of the United Empire. I've known about the Bullet Club for a long time, but I don't care about Jay White. I don't care about anybody in Bullet Club, because it always just seems like everybody's in frickin' Bullet Club. Everybody's in Bullet Club and everybody has a, a sort of connection to it. So I was never like, oh yeah, cool, I have to go and check this out. Um. But the United Empire, I just felt like it was something a little bit more enticing. I don't know what it was. Like there's nothing really, if you compare the two, there's there was nothing that's too different between the two. Um but definitely has been I was like, Oh yeah, okay, I gotta go and check this out because maybe there maybe there's something cool. And then you know, you start watching other stuff. So I will obviously end up watching other stuff, but I just hope that We don't get robbed of this uh, Andrade-Osprey match. Um, And we don't have to wait until next year, possibly, for a Forbidden Door uh, 2 pay-per-view to come around.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's always the, like we mentioned, the opportunity to potentially do it down the line. And I have an inclination that the, the partnership will continue, and this might end up being sort of like a regular slash yearly event where the two companies come together for a super show. So, yeah, there's always uh, more opportunities. Again, this is the first one. So, we'll see how it goes.
1: Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, you're correct.
0: All right. And then, on to uh, lastly here, there is a six man or a trios match announced where Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki take on Wheeler Yuta, Shota Im- uh, Umino, excuse me, and Eddie Kingston uh the build here came up at the tail end of the moxley tanahashi town hall jericho interrupted um telling doing his jericho shtick uh that he's the number one he's the ace you know watch out or he'll throw fireball at you because he's a wizard naturally uh out comes jas uh for uh, a bit of a beat down and then you had wheeler yuda come in and uh uh Oh, uh, well, Santana and Ortiz actually came announced, so you know we had uh, folks come and make the save. But then members of Suzuki goon, uh most prominently Lance Archer, as well as uh, uh Desperado. I was like trying to make make sure I remember all the names uh came out to assist, and then uh, that's where we get the announcement. uh so yeah, we are have, hard day, dude. yeah, there's just there's just so much so much information too uh, making making sure we can uh, remember it all. Uh, the notes help, but for sure. Uh, but yeah, we have the announcement here from, uh, from Chris again, uh, with, uh, Chris Jericho here, uh, Sammy Guevara, who uh, newly joined the JAS in uh, said promo and, uh, Minuro Suzuki, uh, again, leader of suzuki Goon, a faction in new Japan, uh, which, uh, has affiliated, uh, Lance Archer as well as Desperado as sort of has hired guns to help, uh, Chris, Take on again Wheeler, Utah, Shodo, uh, Umino, and uh, Eddie Kingston. So quite the quite the interesting collection, sort of on the other side, facing Chris sammy and Minoru Yeah, it all
1: sort of came around, like you said, at the end of that hair versus hair match between uh, Chris Jericho and Um. Gee, why are names so hard Ortiz. today? Ortiz. Ortiz. I was about to say Santana, and then I was like, "No, that's the wrong one." Ortiz. Yeah. Uh, Ortiz. <laughs> um, and you know, we see we see this pretty nice you know, back and forth match between uh, between Ortiz and Jericho. You're like, "All right, cool. This is pretty aggressive, pretty competitive." But you know, Ortiz is going to win this because what's funnier than Chris Jericho with a bald head? Nothing against guys with bald heads. Come on, you know that's we're us, baby. Club. So
0: yep. that's
1: us. We're 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 in the club here. Um you know, I just wanted I just wanted Chris Jericho to be one of us. Anyway, um you know who, who would come out but to make the uh to make the ever loving save but uh Fuego del Sol. Hmm. Or so we thought. I was I was screaming at ms my, my screen, I was like, Fuego, what are you doing? Why are you and then yeah of course it was Sammy Guevara. Uh finally back with the JAS. Um, after its after its name change, nice little bit of a heel turn, uh, if you can, or sorry, heel return uh, to the group for Sammy. I'm very happy about uh, that decision to be made, um, and it's just one of those things that uh, at the end of the match, you had so much going on with uh, as soon as uh, Ortiz got pinned and you know everybody's running away you saw him and he, he had the scissors he took the scissors from the barber i think grab the scissors just start cutting his dread just cutting everything off and he just started shaving his head eddie eddie was cutting the promo saying he's a man of his word and you know all this absolute visceral scene and then he just starts shaving his head screaming blood and guts and all this and you're just like all right our taste we know we kind of know um it was an absolute uh amazing way to start things off because you were just kind of like okay cool this isn't going to get much better um but only for this sort of uh mishmash of people to come around and uh yeah it's interesting
0: yeah, I think the 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 aforementioned hair versus hair match uh, to start off. Dynamite added added the layers, obviously, with the uh, the subsequent build to blood and guts uh, for that, as well as uh, the Sammy sort of just realigning, shall we say, with Chris Jericho into that, and then to again sort of meld slightly, a couple different storylines into the tail end of the Tanahashi, Tanahashi Mox, uh, town hall promo into that, and then bring that sort of that vitriol and that intensity into that. And then mixing in, uh, the absolute beast himself, Minoru Suzuki, the final boss, if you will. Um, yeah, just kind of, you know, there's, there's a lot to, uh, a lot of things. So I, I did appreciate in that sense that, you know we're we're having a a mixed uh, a mixed trios match uh, in terms of AEW guys, New Japan uh, folks as well, um, blending a little bit of that intensity into now this to set it up. So I appreciated that.
1: Yeah. So like last night there was a match between John Moxley and Dante Martin. And John Moxley uh, taunted Dante Martin to chop him. To palm strike him, to to slap him. There are only two individuals on this planet that, if I had to, if I had to take a slap, they would be nowhere near the list. I I don't want the any of these individuals even entering into the competition. Eddie Kingston, and Minoru Suzuki. No, because like they're just beasts of man. And you know as soon as they get in there, like, as tough as these two guys are, you know they're going to face off. Um, like, they're just going to slap each other. Silly. It's going to be intense. It's going to be great. And someone is just going to have hamburger meat for a chest for about a week.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely interested in watching this one to have the sort of familiarity with Jericho and Guevara play off of the super intense uh, nature that Minoru Suzuki is. Uh, and again, you're in for a treat if you have not uh, seen or familiar with Minoru Suzuki. Um, incredible look, just all around tough guy for sure. Uh, and then to face off against the combination of Wheeler Yuta, again, the Art Ring of Honor pure champion who now is back from his i don't want to say abs, uh, us you know uh excursion to new japan but he was part of the uh the uh, uh best of super juniors uh shoto uh umino again sort of uh, uh john Moxley's kind of i don't want to say like understudy in a sense but uh for those that aren't familiar he is uh new japan ref's red shoes' son um and uh, the history between Moxon and, and he and Shota is they had a match for the IWGP United States Championship at Dominion in 2019. And uh, after a hard-fought ma- hard match, Moxley appreciated and ended up being uh, his tag partner. So they have some history there. And then obviously with uh, the other players involved in the skirmish, uh, Eddie Kingston, good friend of Mox, and type of thing. So that team is... Uh, is going to be sort of uh, heavy hitters, and again another opportunity for uh, Shota Umino to have a uh, have some visibility on a Western stage.
1: Yeah, and that that's the one thing that's going to be super good for a lot of these individuals. Like I have been saying through the entire episode, like I'm not a big NJPW fan uh, mainly because of lack of availability for me to watch. Um, and one individual that outside of that that um some sort of the individuals uh in the women's division actually um with the likes of riho uh you know people that i've seen before uh, another one is Minoru Suki. like he is pretty well known um seen him on uh on different occasions uh and it will be really interesting to see uh shota uh see him turn out and um See what see what the deal is, because obviously if you've been acknowledged by John Moxley uh, as as um as a as a competitor and uh you're gonna be going up with names like Chris Jericho and uh or you've because he, he fought against Chris Jericho as well. So um you know these these other things like these guys coming in are just gonna have such a good showing. Um because well they've done it before. These these aren't new matches for them but they're new matches for us uh, and that's what i really appreciate about uh, this style of pay-per-view mixing the two companies um, showing the best of what they've got uh, the up and coming of what they've got uh, on both sides really uh, so it's definitely something that i'm looking forward to in this six-man tag it's going to be brutal. And isn't it after Blood and Guts?
0: So this will be Sunday the 26th, and then mm-hmm. the couple days later on Dynamite 29 will be Blood and Guts. So, that was yeah. it.
1: So just before Blood and Guts, Eddie Kingston's going to get his hands on Chris Jericho.
0: Maybe soften him up. Um, remains to be seen how we do it. Um, as uh, let me ask you this as we wind down this segment here you touched on a little bit before that you just didn't maybe have as many opportunities to be familiar with uh, New Japan and uh, their combatants has the past couple of weeks done a serviceable job in familiarizing you with the uh, the players involved in the game here Um has it has it hooked you or are you interested in these uh these competitors for the upcoming pay-per-view
1: it's a very good question very interesting points to be made um because i had i had made mention of uh united empire and how they had hooked me and how i had wanted to learn a bit more about them uh mentions of minori suzuki and stuff that i had seen these characters um, Yes and no. Yeah. The the no side, we'll start with the no side first. Is it no? Because there hasn't been much in the way of seeing uh, Shota Umino. I haven't seen him. Um, Tanahashi has had two appearances, maybe three appearances, uh, and one of them was him uh, sort of being lambasted in the ring, um, and there was one other I think, but uh, Ishii hasn't. I haven't haven't seen Ishii. So like, the the build up has been good, and good enough to get me interested in this pay per view because they're using the right names. I've heard of the names. Uh, because you have people that have been to NJPW, have fought there, like your moxes, like your uh, best friends who've been over there, Roppongi Vice, you have your FTR that have, have wanted to fight people from NJPW, you have your Chris Jericho who's been over there and done things for NJPW as well. They've all mentioned these. So in the past three years, I've got a passing knowledge of, well... Jericho and Mox are big names. So for them to give credit to the likes of Tanahashi and Suzuki and everybody else, uh is a big deal to me. So this pay-per-view has got them set up to be on a pedestal, um, and has got them set up ready and primed for me to go. If I like what I see, I'm definitely going to try and watch more NJPW uh. Get to grips with some of these uh some of these guys see what's going on and you never know if this if this pay-per-view does a really good job we might start covering njpw because i might want to request that we do some more njpw stuff um so there is only good things that can come from uh from this pay-per-view in my opinion
0: excellent point i think yeah so at least it's did its job it sparked its interest it's made you interested and want to check it out. So I think at least mission accomplished.
1: I 100% agree.
0: All right. let us also know down below your thoughts on the build. And if you too are interested in watching the forbidden door. All right. As we switch gears now, coming up to quick hits, quick hits are little segments that happen throughout the week that we are always interested or want to make note of or uh, specifically pop the boys that we had a lot of fun kind of watching. So I will start off first. I only have one from this week and it comes from this past uh, Monday night raw where we saw MVP Montel Vontavius Porter win with the overdrive over Cedric Alexander. Again, John blood still love you brother, but the overdrive was hit on Cedric Alexander for the win prevailing for MVP.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what could be said? I was watching was watching this segment and I had to rewind it because mine eyes, I thought they deceived me. Uh when MVP is like, was that the overdrive? Like, what? Uh rewind it. Watch it again. It was the overdrive quickly. Mr. PT. Did you see MVP one with the overdrive thing? (laughs) It was hilarious. It was great.
0: Yeah. Again, it's, it's one of those moves that, uh, it has an interesting setup. Uh, and again, a lot of folks have kind of had it most prominently MVP. I think he calls it the playmaker of the play of the day. Uh, but it's been traditionally known as the overdrive. Randy Orton started it, uh, using it before, uh, early when he got called up to WWE in 2002 before he kind of switched to the crossbody And then subsequently the RKO, a number of people have had it, but yeah, it's a, it's not a high rate of success move. Um, but yeah. And again, when I saw it, I also too had to be like, wait, did he just, he hit it? And I was like, there's no way two three. Oh, well then. So, uh, that definitely oh, <laughs> took me by surprise and definitely popped me. So again, still love you john blood i'm sorry but the overdrive won. um so that was it uh that was it for me uh joker do you have any
1: wickets? i do i do this time i have two i know last week i think it was i had absolutely none it was an abysmal i was in a sorry state of the week with wrestling this week uh you can include the 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 mvp winning with the overdrive for me because like i said i legitimately popped i i had to rewind and watch uh and then message pt about it uh just to double check that he indeed did see and uh was impressed by the overdrive winning um i didn't do anything last week for them but max castor and the ass claimed coming out this week with his rap um a specific line uh, if you've been keeping up with the uh the outside of wrestling news popped me when he said Honestly, I had something to say, but somebody made me sign an NDA. And uh, yeah, there was a little lot of hot collar going on there. Yeah, um I, sure. I really do like uh really do like Max Caster, I think he's hilarious. his ramps are on point. Uh, I love the hate that he gets for poking the poking the barrier, poking the bear of Vince McMahon. Uh there was like a few weeks ago him uh, being quite rude in front of the star for Vince McMahon on uh, the Hollywood Walk of Fame, I believe, or whatever it's called. Um, I don't even know what it is called, but it was outside his star, and he, I think it was flipping the bird. And uh, yeah, this is just another one of those things that uh, anytime he's going to want to say something racy uh, is going to pretty much always pop me.
0: Yeah, when I when I heard that during the entrance, I was like, oh geez. I, I <laughs> here we go. Uh a, a nice little uh nice little jab at it. It's like one of those if you know, you know. But it you know yeah. it was good. Yeah. So
1: Yeah, definitely was. Um and my second my second quick hit for the week was during the aforementioned Orange Cassidy return, uh, to do the big sieve as he definitely did uh he got in the ring and everybody was celebrating and cheering and just in the corner of my eye i just had a wee bit of a chuckle because you saw dax after his matches holding his head he just he just had one of these uh one of these wee thumbs up that was it didn't nothing said just orange cassidy stood there dax kind of stood behind him going i think his was more like that because it wasn't it wasn't quite an orange cassidy sort of lazy one His was a bit more energetic but, uh, I got the, uh, I got the notion and, uh, I appreciate that. Um, the fact that FTR are, are, faces now is something I didn't know I needed, but they are, they're great.
0: Yeah, it was a cool dynamic again to see, uh, a little bit of the, the hard man or the kind of the straight guys, uh, in FTR and the kind of serious, uh, business kind of guys, uh be able to kind of, you know, break the, break the mold or just kind of let the guard down and, and do a little bit of bollocks or a little bit of Gaga and just do just the simple, you know, Orange Cassidy kind of thumbs up. I of thing. I think it was, yeah, it was kind of good. And uh, yeah, apparently FTR again, having being faces sort of happened organically um, and they, and the fans really got behind and yeah, they've just like, they get huge pops when they come out.
1: Yeah, it definitely has been very organic, I think, probably around the rumors of the Bret Hart stuff. Um, them wanted to bring Bret Hart into AW um and things like that there. Um and then probably starting to gain traction uh, around the time they uh won the Ring of Honor tag champs from um
0: The Briscoes
1: name. The Briscoes, yes. thank you uh <laughs> and then had that confrontation
0: names dude it's just names live briscoes thank you briscoes
1: briscoes thank you <laughs> yeah, thank you very much thank you for painting um so yeah it's uh it was one of those things that they they then had the confrontation with the
0: uh <laughs> I swear i'm not doing it on purpose <laughs> <laughs>
1: The Young Bucks, there young we bucks, go. Young Bucks, there you go. My brain my brain legitimately had Briscoes in there in my, in its head for a long time. I wanted time. to give
0: you a chance there. <laughs> yeah,
1: thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciated that chance because I was legitimately not trying to at that time. Yeah. Um but yeah, whenever they, they, they got that really good uh match with the Briscoes and had that confrontation with the young Bucks, so you got at that time. Um yeah, that's whenever things started to really pick up for them as as faces. because uh, they came out and the sea and uh it, it was really really good i like to see it it's it's something whenever the organic sort of turn happens you really appreciate it more than the oh i've come back after injury and i'm not a face.
0: yeah it always it always feels more genuine or kind of when they when they hit those story notes and it feels right and again happens organically then that's due as opposed to like some half uh dumb-fisted Kind of attempt at doing a thing that's gonna fall flat. So, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I appreciate it so much. And uh, if likewise, if you folks have quick hits, definitely let us know down in the comment section down below on the YouTube video format, or as well on Twitter and Instagram. Definitely let us know. So for that, that about wraps it up for us, Joker. How is it for you? Because it felt good for me.
1: It was very good this week. There's an awful lot more stuff uh, that we could talk about. Granted, we're only talking about one thing this week, but I really enjoyed every single topic that we went over today. Um, And like I said, I cannot wait for this pay-per-view.
0: Yeah, agreed. We mentioned it in the opening, but yeah, like I said, there's a lot of uh, kind of single news element broke and, you know, one thing happened and really the contents of the meat and potatoes of it is really just speculation and hearsay and kind of, yeah. So again, we rather than kind of talking about running in circles or repeating ourselves talking about for, you know, uh, tens and twenties, maybe an hour about things that we just kind of don't know, or really it's not going to flush out. We, we decided to go with something a little bit more tangible, uh, here, so we can uh, we can actually just have a conversation, and uh, yeah, and just kind of have uh, a good back and forth.
1: Yeah, definitely. It it also leads into the stuff that we have planned for uh, future episodes as well, where uh, we're going to have to do some other stuff. Uh, so so, keep, so stay tuned, see what happens. But uh, this was uh, this was definitely one of those that uh, had a lot of legs. Once we once we were able to put them under us.
0: Yeah, for sure. So for TF Joker.
1: I promise I will write down every wrestler's name next week and never forget a single one.
0: And for me, Pretty Tony, we thank you for your time, letting us be a part of your day. And remember, be good to yourself, be good to each other, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Bye.